Hello and thank you for tuning in. I'm Ammo, your current affairs BFF, and you're listening to But Are You Listening? where we talk all things UK current affairs. We speak our truths on the news, MPs, policies, and the public scandals that seem to come along with them. And in today's episode, I'll be discussing how the Tory party have deemed themselves so untouchable that we mere mortals and the Labour Party can only distract them using neo-noir erotic tactics, specifically by having Angela Rayner cross and uncross her legs. Think about Brexit. What, what's that? Black lives have always mattered! I wanted to pass you. Many people have asked if I'm okay. Colour, to go home, to go back to where I came from. That was embedded in racism. What is it going to take for the MPs to sit down and say something's going to be done? That is a disgrace. Protect our NHS and save lives. The British people have spoken and the answer is we're out. So on the 23rd of April, a quote-unquote political editor named Glenn Owen had their story published on the Mail on Sunday, which was titled, Tories accuse Angela Rayner of basic instinct ploy to distract Boris. MPs claim Labour deputy leader likes to put PM off his stride, quote, by crossing and uncrossing her legs. Now, this may be a show of my age, but I had to look up what Basic Instincts was. So for any of you who also didn't get the reference, Basic Instincts, courtesy of Wikipedia, is a neo-noir erotic thriller released in 1992, in which actor Sharon Stone is a crime novelist who is a suspect in the death of a rock star. And Stone uses the gesture of crossing and uncrossing her legs to disarm the detective on the case. So I just need to take a minute right here. And just like, first of all, I feel this says a lot about the the Tory MPs who made the comments insofar as like, it's giving sexual fantasy vibes. And the thing is, listen, I'm assuming the MPs that spoke of this are older than myself and are just generally older and I'm not here to be ageist I I fully believe in people's sexual exploration and desires and fantasies at whatever age but just in the professional work environment I personally do not need to know how you want your ass slapped and your balls grabbed is that so much to ask and this specific reference to Sharon Stone disarming a man with her legs is giving dominatrix vibes And it just feels a bit wrong. Insofar as in being the workplace, do as you must outside of work hours, whatever you're into, you're into. But like, just in the House of Commons and thinking about, like, they must have been thinking, they're looking at her and thinking about this. It's super, it's giving creepy, it's giving grimy, it's giving predator. And that's where the joke stops. Because instead of giving the deputy Labour leader the respect she rightfully deserves, They've sexualized and objectified her. So, article continues to say how Tory MPs have mischievously suggested, because obviously this is a joke in their eyes, they suggest that Miss Rayner um, likes to distract the PM when he's at the dispatch box by deploying a fully clothed parliamentary equivalent of Sharon Stone's infamous scene, i.e., crossing and uncrossing her legs again it's someone just looking at Angelina in that way it's gross 
Anyway, so one MP said she, Angela Rayner, knows she can't compete with Boris's Oxford Union debating training, but she has skills that he lacks, i.e. having legs, because apparently that's now a skill in the Houses of Commons, or at least these Tory MPs. I feel there's been a mockery of the position of power these people have. They're supposed to be in the Houses of Commons, supposedly doing 80 grand plus worth of work, deciding how this country is being ran. And instead, all they focus on is Angela Rayner's legs. And not only her legs, but the fact that she has to use them as a way to compete with Boris's Oxford Union debating training. So now it's become not only misogynistic, it's become elitist. And what's so worrying is that these MPs are oblivious to the impact these comments can have on society. So let's actually start with the elitism of it. So about how Boris has this Oxford Union debating training. I'd just first like to say these MPs are giving begging energy. Like I envision them giving Boris a pat on the back after being at the dispatch box. Like, yeah, like your Oxford Union training. Yeah, like rah, rah, banter. So good, so good. You know what I mean? Like, oh. But anyway, these MPs hold themselves in such high regard, are so arrogant of themselves, have such inflated egos that they are God's gift to earth and they've been bestowed such intelligence that can go unmatched, untouched, unlike any other. And so the rest of us, mere mortals who did not obtain Oxford Union debating training, either have to bow down to their superiority or have to reduce ourselves to degrading tactics such as crossing and uncrossing our legs to distract these hyper-masculine men. It baffles, and the thing is, it baffles me, really it does, that anyone could could refer to their education like that and really feel like it puts them at an advantage, or more accurately, it gives them premise to make others seem as though they're inferior. Now, it's an undeniable and sad truth that there is institutional discrimination based on educational background. But I would think on an interpersonal or individual level, optimistically, I think we are coming to a time where we wouldn't try and belittle people based off of their education status because we're aware of how privilege plays more into it than merit does. Whether you agree with Angela Rayner's politics or not, she is more than qualified to be an MP, a deputy leader, and have the ability to challenge the PM intellectually. From her Wikipedia page, it said that she attended school in Stockport. Um, She left at 16, having become pregnant and and not obtained any qualifications. But then she later studied um, at the local college in Stockport. She learnt British Sign Language and a qualification in social care. And then once she left, she worked for um, the Stockport Council as a care worker for a number of years. And then she was elected as a trade union for Unison. And then she later kind of worked her way up to become Unison, so the union's northwest most senior official 
in the region. And then in 2014, she was elected a member of parliament. It's clear she is a woman who has lived a life similar to the experiences of many people in the UK. And so she's more than qualified to say what needs to be done to make this country better. And that's more than what I can say for many Tory MPs. And you always just rate a person more when they've built themselves up in a system that wasn't necessarily made for them. And so these comments just reflects there is a culture in the Tory party that perpetuates a narrative of like us and them. Because now I haven't got the backgrounds of all the conservatives, so I can't make a wide sweeping statement and say like their private school this and Oxbridge trained that. But it's not only about having that educational background, because like I said, some may not, it's ability to be able to pass as though you have. Because the whole point is to give off that imagery that only those who are of that background or seem as though they are, are only the ones who have the right to be in the political space. And the comments these MPs made and the article itself is a testament to that. They, they're saying that Angela Rayner, who, you know, politically isn't conservative and, you know, doesn't seem conservative from a characteristic perspective, she is lost in the space and is unable to match the PM and so must use her legs to distract him. And that's but one of the worrying things about this article and the comments made by these MPs is that it can then set doubts into people's minds as to whether they're good enough or belong in politics. It's an insidious tactic that says, if you are not like us, then you don't belong here. But I wanna know what you think. Do you think I'm looking too deeply into this? Or is there some messaging that you also see within the article? Please do let me know. And I'd also be interested to see if this is a generational thing in using your educational background as to belittle or make people feel inferior, um, especially so explicitly. For full disclosure, I am privately educated and so I recognise that I could be ignorant to think that this doesn't happen within our generation. So if you are in your 20s or younger, has anyone ever done this to you? But I also wonder, is it like racism in this country where it's kind of this pernicious or implicit ways to show you are less than? So as always, send us your views through to our Instagram or Twitter page. You can find us with the handle of but are you listening? Or you can send us an email to but are you listening at gmail.com. The elitism of this article is not the only problem I have with it. It's the misogyny, which is a story of its own. Because it's not only those who haven't had a private education and Oxbridge training or can pass as though who have. It's apparently also women who don't belong. Or to be fair, if they do, because there are female conservatives women who even dare step foot within the Houses of Parliament and enter the political space should expect to be subjugated to this utter nonsense. We've even heard stories from within the Conservative Party. Um, We've had Anne-Marie Trevlin, the Trade Secretary, who shared her experience of sexual harassment in Parliament. I can't remember where I got the quote from, but I'll link it in the show notes. 
Um, So the trade secretary said, I've witnessed and been at the sharp end of misogyny from some colleagues many times over. We might describe it as wandering hands, if you like. We might describe it as, you know, a number of years ago being pinned up against a wall by a male MP who is now no longer in the house, I'm pleased to say, declaring, I must want him because he's a powerful man. The hell's in bells. Who the hell thought that is? How could he think that is okay to say? And it's just uh, the nausea. Gross. Now, in no way am I saying that Tory um, female MPs should expect this behaviour or they allow this behaviour or anything within that realm. I just want to know why there is this toxic masculinity within the Tory party that allowed for Anne-Marie's experience and now these sort of comments to be made in this article. But what's so worrying is that when situations like this arise, and up until this point I don't know of any um, investigations that have come to completion and any MPs being punished, it then sends a message that this sort of behaviour is normal and okay and that it should be expected to come with the job. And I think that's also another aspect which I find really worrying about this article because it then feeds into wider narratives that are very dangerous, especially for women. The article feeds into and continues the dangerous narrative that women are these manipulative prowlers, these seductresses who are always out to tempt, distract and entice men specifically by use of their bodies and how they look. And it's the unfortunate case that there are some simpletons out there who actually believe this utter nonsense and really think that. And so they believe the rightful collateral is unwarranted attention and with that that is the same thinking that leads to women being victims of assault and harassment and much worse and then on top of that women are to blame for the assault harassment abuse violence and even their own deaths and it's enraging and also worrying that the MPs didn't think about the bigger picture when they made these comments and how it can deter women from entering the political sphere as well as how it can impact how women are perceived in society as a whole. So I'm going to leave it there because it got really heavy, it left us with a lot of things to think about and again I always want to hear from you and what you think Do you think the article um, has deterred you from politics? We spoke about that. And if it has, how so? Do you feel like it feeds into more dangerous narratives of who does and does not belong in politics and around the safety of women and how they're perceived in society? Please do let us know what you think. Send us your views through to our Instagram, Instagram, Instagram or Twitter. You can find us with the handle but are you listening or via email to but are you listening at gmail.com. As ever, I, Ammo, have been your host. These have been my personal views, bestie, and you've tuned into an episode of But Are You Listening?